So much to say. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Yeah, we're, I'm, we're gonna spoil this, right? Okay, what do you think of this movie? Tied to a chair and you couldn't manage to kill her? Don't do that. Framily is a word that we made up, but it's also a feeling and a choice. Framily is where we meet to tell stories, laugh, observe, and think. Framily is where we meet to celebrate the kinships we choose and the connections that sustain us. What's going on? We like talking to each other. Oh, this is what we're about to get into. That was a choice to... To being Black in the United States is a political act. Hi, I'm Stan. That's what I talk about. <laughs> Had to take a break at one point, walk around the apartment. From Lilacs on your creative studios, this is The Family Meeting. A new weekly podcast starting in April that takes a topical look at universal threads through the lens of pop culture and personal experience. I'm Allison Knowlton Mason. And I'm Stanley Bradley. Okay, so I'm sure you're gonna like blow my mind. Times when things in like the culture really hit me and times when things don't hit me. Right, so it's a different experience. Just the huge, it's the biggest contradiction, right? Like I think about that, I think about that all the time. Staying alive is revolutionary. Actually, that's really powerful. It just, it's authentic. Mm-hmm. in every way. And we've been friends since... How long has it been? Mm, since 2002. So that's yeah. almost 20 years. Right. And now we're 40-somethings who are friends turned family. It started for real, for real in the summer of 2005. Remember... Oh, yeah, of course. Teacher summers. Teacher summers are great. No alarm clocks, no lesson planning, no nothing. Just hot and sunny days and a steady paycheck. I spent my first teacher summer with my friends, lounging by the pool and generally spending way too much money doing nothing. My second year, I thought I could use a little professional and personal growth. But year three, I decided to lend back into my natural tendency towards laziness. I slept late, jogged slowly through the humid streets of Atlanta, spent afternoons reading books and evenings dining out with friends. One morning, I answered the phone from my friend Allison. Allison and I had known each other since our training with Teach for America, the summer of 2002. That training, the quasi boot camp slash first semester of college all rolled into one, didn't leave a lot of time for getting to know people. But to me, Allison was cool. She had great posture, a fresh haircut, and a great smile. I knew we would be friends and so it was. She was calling that morning to tell me I'd left my hat in her car. Not just any hat, mind you, my favorite hat. She told me I could come by and pick it up anytime and since, per usual, I didn't have any particular plans for the day, I threw on some clothes and made the 15 minute drives to Allison's place. My mom used to love watching Made for TV miniseries back in the 80s and 90s. We only had one color TV. So if mom was watching a miniseries, we were all watching a miniseries. Watching them with her was one of the earliest versions of TV binging that I remember. Binging required a bit more strategy in the early 2000s when you had to wait for Netflix to send you actual discs in the actual mail. Around that time, I was whiling away another teacher summer and decided to do a nostalgic binge of one of the series my mom used to watch, a wildly dramatic romance called The Thornbirds. I'd seen it so many times that I didn't even bother to apply good binging strategy and plan to use the summer to watch it slowly one disc at a time. Those days I drove a black VW Cabrio convertible 
and was mildly obsessed with it. Among my friends, I was always quick to volunteer to be the driver. My buddy Stan lived not too far up the road and I dropped him home the previous night. We'd been friends since a hot summer learning to be teachers and his warm southernness stuck out to me since I'd been raised in Ohio and gone to college in Indiana. He was fun, easy to be around, and so, so smart. When we got to Atlanta and I was subsequently shell-shocked by the volume of people who looked like me, he took me under his wing to catch me up on what I'd missed about Black culture. I got to Allison's place, got my hat, and put it on my head where it belonged. I didn't plan to stay long and there was no need to get comfortable, so I gingerly sat down on the arm of the couch. I asked Allison what she was up to, and she said she was watching the Thornbirds. It wasn't something that I'd heard of, a fact which seemed to shock Allison more than the fact that I came to her house without taking a shower. But like any polite friend would do, she invited me to join her. And like any polite Southerner would do, I accepted. I was somewhere near the beginning of the first disc when Stan dropped by to get his hat. I won't bore you with the plot summary, but The Thornbirds is basically just attractive people making horrible choices set in sunny landscapes all around the world. Stan agreed to stay and watch a bit with me, and I hit play, taking us back into the world of Drogheda, a sheep station in the Australian outback, where the drama begins. I was absolutely determined not to be hooked. I planned to leave right after the first episode, except there was a cliffhanger, so I kept watching to see its resolution, and then I would go home. At some point, Stan descended from his perch on the arm of the couch in favor of a more comfortable seat on the actual sofa. It was early evening and Stan had now been at my place for several hours, watching the drama unfold, dissecting the extremely inappropriate age difference between Maggie and Father Ralph, and discussing the fraught politics of the Catholic Church. By the time the sun went down, I had to admit that I was committed. I wanted answers. Who will control Jagita? Will Maggie escape her neglectful husband? Will Father Ralph break his holy vows to live in sin with his true love? I sat back, fully prepared to spend many more hours following the saga of the forlorn in the Australian outback. The last episode on the double-sided disc ended with another cliffhanger. I needed to go to the bathroom anyway, so I offered to change the disc while I was up when I noticed a strange look on Allison's face. There is no other disc. What do you mean there is no other disc? Of course there's another disc. Well, yeah, there is another disc, but I didn't order it. What do you mean you didn't order it? Of course, I knew perfectly well what she meant, and it was absolutely reasonable to her. She had seen the series plenty of times. She knew the ending, but it wasn't reasonable to me. I had invested a whole summer afternoon and evening into this dramatic mess. I did not know the ending, nor would I find out that night either, because apparently there was no second disc. I was bereft until I noticed Allison laughing at me. And why wouldn't she? Here I was, a grown ass black man that was about to lose my shit over a 20 year old miniseries about some white folks in the Australian desert. It was ridiculous and hilarious and is still one of the best stories in the anthology of our friendship. It definitely is. Friends of the family that we choose, and Stan and I have been family for nearly half our lives. And in all that time, we've shared so many interesting experiences, stories, conversations, and revelations that now we want to share them with you. Meet us here for new episodes on Sunday, starting April 4th. Find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, 
Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Learn more at lilacsonyork.com.